Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Calgary 10, Winnipeg nothing in the first quarter of Friday Night Football. Blue Jays 7-2 lead on the Tigers in the bottom of the eighth. Manoa, pretty good start tonight for the Jays. Went six innings, gave up one earned run, five hits. He struck out eighth as he tries to uh, rebuild after what he's been through this season. Three minutes left in the first quarter, by the way, in Winnipeg. 10-0 for Calgary. There was one thing I wanted to clarify from last night because I was curious, so I double-checked the rule. You may remember on that final drive for the Elks uh, before Cornelius wound up throwing the interception, there was that play he scrambled and then threw it to Maurice French, and it looked like he was over the line of scrimmage. In fact, they even reviewed it, and I thought it was going to be a penalty and get called back. I went to the CFL rulebook, and it says the passer needs at least one foot on or behind the line of scrimmage when the ball is released to be considered behind the line of scrimmage. So if you can have your foot on the line of scrimmage, that must have been what they ruled, or they ruled that it was inconclusive. I, the line of scrimmage was not the 30. It was a, a little bit behind the 30, It was, or maybe even the 29 and a half. And, you know, they have to have conclusive evidence to overturn it, and maybe they thought, ah, oh, his the back of his foot might still be on the line of scrimmage. The ball and most of his body was clearly over. So I think that's what, why that play stood. Uh, I, I thought the Elks got a break there, but I, th- I'm guessing that's why they uh, they ruled it that way. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony on the line. Tony, go ahead. Hey, Reed. How's it going, man? Okay, I'm going to answer your question before you ask it. I don't no. think Chris Jones is going to get fired this week. <laughs> He is his salary. If they fire him after the year, it doesn't affect the coach's cap because he actually has four one-year contracts. He doesn't have one four-year contract. I wasn't even gonna ask that. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. Honestly, uh, when when we lost that game, the first person that came to my mind was you. Literally, was you. I'm like, I cannot wait to hear what he says. Um, you know, I can't believe how we lost. It's just that we find, we find different ways to lose. The one thing that is really annoying me right now is we had a guy. We had a kicker who knew how to kick field goals. And what was it? Joey LaLega. What did we do? We got rid of him. We released him. We got a guy named Dean Faithful. He's from what, England? He is. And he missed two, I'm going to say relatively simple, field goals last night. Like, I don't know what Chris Jones is looking at with these guys, but, you know, I, I, I'm, done saying, I, I'm done saying that I want him fired. I'm done because it's not going to happen. But I just, want, I just wonder, does he realize that we are becoming the laughstock of the CFL? 
I get your frustration. I honestly don't think coaches look at it that way. I think they go in and they try to win and try to improve. I I I know I feel like people probably don't like this answer. They want they want coaches and people to fly off the handle, but I think coaches think, "All right, we lost. We got to we got to keep coaching." I don't think they look at, "Oh, what's my overall place in public perception or franchise history?" Like I I don't think that they're thinking about being the laughing stock. I think they're trying to win the next game. But I I, I just I just feel like he I just feel like no matter what's going to happen right now, he is always going to say, oh, we need to do a better job of coaching, we need to do a better job of coaching. Well, if he keeps saying that, then, then, then I'm sorry to say, but then you must not be a very good coach then. Well, you're right. You're putting yourself on the line, and I think he is trying to protect his players, but yes, if they go 0-18, then, then how good a job did he do at, at coaching? And he's also, the, <laughs> him and G-Roy are also picking the players. So yeah, fair, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Thank you, Tony. Seven eight zero four. Oh, we have Fred on the line as well. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Go ahead, Fred. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to uh, some friends of mine, uh, Chad and Christy. They're on a thirty. They're going to all thirty major league stadiums. They're in Chicago last night. They're in Detroit tonight. Diehard Blue Jay fans. Uh, I think this is twelve out of thirty for them. So, uh, where are they from? Here, Edmonton. Do they want to come on the show uh, in the next couple of weeks? I should probably get them on. Yeah, send me an email. Yeah, I will, but uh, the Elks, yikes. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember Don Truel and Rusty Clark in the late 60s? No, I wasn't born. I was just a tiny little kid, but I remember how bad they were back then. And Has the team ever gone 0-18 uh, in the CFL? I don't think so, eh? No, there was a 0 and... I think a Stampeders team went 0 and 12 or 0 and 14. Hmm. Uh, there was the the Hamilton. What was it? Hamilton in 2003. I think went 1 and 17. I think that's the worst in an 18 game season. Wow. I don't know. They better do something here quick because they'll be lucky to get 10,000 people out there, which is so sad. But uh, getting to the Oilers here. What's going to happen with Ryan McLeod? Oh, I don't know. They'll probably solve something before arbitration. You think so, eh? Yes. Uh, you think, take, I don't think they have any money to do it, but I'd sure like to see Matt Dumba here. Oh, they won't have any money to do that. No, I know that. No. But, uh, yeah, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm reminiscing on the time I met Def Leppard. <laughs> well, that, I'm sure that was a fun time. Uh, yeah, I'll have to tell you about it sometime. <laughs> we can't talk about it on air, though, that's for sure. Yeah, no f f f fooling Thanks for calling, Fred. Take care, bye. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Okay, that was a wide ranging phone call, Derek. It really was. It covered a little bit of everything there. I was thinking about how that game ended and uh, snatching defeat from the jaws. What am I saying? Yes, yeah, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. As I uh, look, I've I've watched. CFL all my life. I've I've been a season ticket holder since 1997, and I was trying to think where does that fit in. Couple games came came to mind. I remember September 7th, 2001. Like I'm talking about unlikely or strange losses. Again, bordering on unbelievable. Uh, first of all, September 7th, 2001. They're hosting Calgary in the Labor Day rematch, and. 
Edmonton gets a late touchdown to go up 33-32. About a minute left, if I remember correctly. So they go for two, right? Because if you are if you kick the single, if you kick a convert for one, you still lose with a field goal. If you miss a two-point convert, you still lose with a field goal. So they try for the two-point convert. So if Calgary drives and gets a field goal, at least you're in overtime. And... William Fields intercepts Jason Moss and returns the ball all the way for a defensive convert, which is worth two points, and Calgary wins the game 34-33. That was pretty unlikely because you you lose on a defensive convert. Those don't happen very often. And then, of course, this one, July 20th, 2006. One last shot. Milt Stiegel, 100-yard touchdown with no time left. Winnipeg wins 25-22. Now, that was, I'd almost say that was unbelievable, that a team botches defending a 100-yard play with, I think there was four seconds left when the ball was snapped. And maybe if you had to pick a play that started the decline of the franchise, that might be it. So I kind of put last night in a similar category, not just losing a game late. I mean, look, the Elks have lost several games late in the fourth quarter, even when they were good. They've, they've, I mean, that's football. Things are decided late in the fourth quarter sometimes. But in terms of games that looked like were almost sure victories, <laughs> or I guess last night it would have been going to overtime, uh, and then something unusual happens and uh, and you lose. So... Those were the ones that came to mind. Uh, 7804960063 if you have your gut punch losses for a team that you uh, cheer for. Could even be your minor, your kids' minor hockey team or something. By the way, uh, Team Brick Alberta, a 5 nothing win over the Saskatchewan Junior Pats this afternoon. Their final game of the round robin. Probably not going to be enough for them to make the quarterfinals. Uh, they need Detroit to beat the Toronto Bulldogs later today. So uh, uh, that game is just getting underway. So p- probably not going to be quarterfinals for Team Brick Alberta tomorrow. The schedule tomorrow, if you want to go to West Ham tomorrow, 7.30 in the morning and 9.10 for the quarterfinals. The semis are at 2.10 and 3.50. The Brick Invitational Championship game is at noon on... Sunday at West Edmonton Mall. Always enjoy talking about that tournament. Okay, we'll get to some more of your messages in a couple of minutes. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Speaking of Def Leppard, is that you got me running? It is. It's good track. It's off high and dry. There you go. A little uh, change from your Taylor Swift that you were singing earlier today. Uh, Taylor Swift, she is astounding. She's so popular, it's unbelievable, Derek. It, it's almost <laughs> above, like, she's she's next level. She, well, she is next level. Um, what are they called? Swifties? Swifties, yeah. Fans are called Swifties. Right up uh, there with the beehive for Beyonce. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. The Swifties are 
borderline maniacal. They really are. They are serious. I mean, they're buying an album they already have because Taylor re-recorded it, so all the money goes to Taylor Swift. Absolutely. I I like Leopard a lot. I wouldn't buy a re-recorded album just so they get more money directly. Yeah. I don't don't know if I... I think I've supported them financially enough over the years going to concerts and, and stuff like that. But Taylor Swift is big. I mean, she... I don't know all the songs. I know far from all the songs. She does have some great songs. Mm-hmm. She has some songs that are popular that I think, I don't know, that's not good. But she's not writing the music for me. I don't think I'm her target audience. No, but I mean, for her fans, I mean, she could release an album just talking about her day for an hour and a half, and she would sell <laughs> millions of copies. You know, it's insane. Well, she is a pretty talented lyricist. She could but, probably make that sound interesting. That's true. That's very true. Well, we got some text here if you want to get into that. This first one is from Spaceman. It says, hey, Reed, since we're discussing the Elks tonight, how can we not? Do you know what exactly happened to Kyle Oxley? Why was he released? And does released really mean fired? Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, it does. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes. We saw what happened in the game. He fumbled the ball. He kind of separated himself from his teammates and uh, didn't appear to be uh, want to be involved in, in anything. Um, something may have happened later in the day or the next morning between he and Chris Jones. Uh, so, yeah, that may have been an attitude-related release, so mm. to speak. Okay. Uh, this next one is from Big Bald Tyler. It says, read... Sorry, Big... Big Bald Tyler. B-A-L-D or yep. B-A-L-L-E-D? B-A-L-D. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay, he says, Reed, I'm new to the CFL. Last night was game five for me. I'm just hoping that the the good 40 or 45 minutes of play preceding the final three is what we go forward with. Uh, Well, I I still don't know if it was – well, the defense was quite good most of the night, and Mm -hmm. and I don't think Saskatchewan is – well, I know Saskatchewan isn't a great team. They gotta finish drives or at least get field goal. I mean, usually with teams you say they gotta get touchdowns instead of field goals. With the Elks last night, we're saying they have to get field goals instead of singles. <laughs> exactly. They, they probably win the game. Um, and th- the thing is, they 0 and five is 0 and five. It's painful. It's not good. There are reasons for it. But I, I guess we should recognize that probably was their best game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They they just can't figure out a way to win uh running game was better cornelius moved around better like uh blake and i said defense played hard got a turnover on downs when saskatchewan had it on the three they they stripped harrison got the ball on a fumble they picked off harrison in the end zone um the defense has played very well in three of the five games the offense i would not say has played well in any of the games yeah though they did I did think the play calling was better last night. I was encouraged that Cornelius ran around more. Yeah, absolutely. But the end result is still minus one. Still a goose egg. Yep. Uh, Coach Mike checking in says the Elks scored four rouges to start the game. How did Sims not know the rule? Gong show. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. You should be. Again, Jones defended him. Blake gave different scenarios that it could be coaching it could have been misexplained it could have been not explained thoroughly enough or it could be a player blew it in the heat of the moment or maybe he thought a kickoff was different than a punter or field goal mm-hmm. i don't know but he should have been told going onto the field 
CJ, CJ, you have to catch it. You got to catch it and get it out of the end zone. Uh-huh. Right? Well, like you were even saying in your sports cast, there was everybody on the sidelines that could have probably shouted that to him as well. I didn't do the sports today. Oh, so I mean, during Chelsea's show. Brandon anyway. Escott's That's a diff- right. different guy. <laughs> I should probably <laughs> figure that out. Uh, all right, how about this one? Uh, is there is there not a no yards penalty on kickoffs or in the end zone? That's from Wayne T. No, there's no no yards on kickoffs because everybody is on side. Uh, everybody on the kicking team starts behind the ball. That's why we have that's why it's called an onside kick like every kickoff is an onside kick like when they when the commentators say they're going to try an onside kick that's actually not accurate every kick is every kickoff is an onside kick they are going to try a short kick but because everybody is starting behind the ball when it's kicked the kicking team can recover it at any point that's what i was saying to uh, to Blake earlier uh like he, it's one thing he let it go over his head, and then he went back and stood over the ball. That's a live ball that Saskatchewan could have run in and scooped up for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So no, there is not no yards on kickoffs. Okay. Uh, this one's from Phil from a den in Bears Paw. Oh, where's that? I have no idea, but it sounds fancy. I don't know where that is. Uh, he says Jones gets flagged for unsportsmanlike leaning. TD called back for a phantom hold, and the command center gifts a reception when the QB was clearly across the line of scrimmage. Forgetting about the rouge was just the capper to what the panel called a weird game. Was a weird game. I believe Bear Spa is uh, in southwestern Alberta. Uh, the Jones penalty was weird. I. I can't remember seeing that except when Mike Tomlin of the Steelers several years ago got caught and was in an official's way. I didn't know. I mean, maybe I did know, but I forgot. I didn't even know you could get a penalty for that. Uh, I think Jones might have been standing on the white line. So whatever, they gave him a flag. Uh, I, I actually agree, and I don't want to be complaining about the refs too much. The hold that was it Foucault that committed the hold? The hold that he got called for was less flagrant than the hold he got away with on the next play. <laughs> Oddly enough. And then, yeah, I thought that Cornelius was over the line on that throw. But like I said, I looked it up and maybe they thought his back foot was still on or his back heel was still on the line of scrimmage. That's a fair question, though. Okay. Well, speaking of Cornelius, uh, Stephen Texan says it almost seems like Cornelius plays better when he can run around and just make a play. He was at his best when on the move or running for yards himself. Well, yeah, I think that echoes a point Blake made earlier. Yeah, when they get him moving around a little bit, he seems to be more effective than standing in the pocket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one, as much as Sims blew it on the kickoff, the Elks had the Riders second and 15 on their game-tying drive and let the Riders convert. Uh, That should have been the end of the game right there. That's from Morris. Well, I think another point suggesting that Sims is going to take heat, and, and we often emphasize what happens right at the end of the game, but other things do happen. And, yeah, I, I got the game log right here. The Riders get the ball with 2.52 left. Harris is sacked for a five-yard loss by A.C. Leonard, and, and it is second and 15. And then Harris made a 19-yard uh, pass to Emelis, and they kept the drive going. Yeah, now... If the Elks stop them there and the Riders punt, there's still time for the Riders to get the ball back, but they probably wouldn't have had very much. So, yeah, just another thing there where the Elks couldn't convert the play 
that they needed to. Okay, uh, if we can get to more of your messages later, we'll try to fit them in. I really appreciate the discussion on the Elks. Uh, Drew Remenda, our old buddy, is going to check in after the 7.30 news. It's Inside Sports on 6.30 Chat. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight.